This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Hello! Hello! I, um, <laughs> welcome to the Boston Tea Party Oprah edition. I'm so excited. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Um, this is very... And I'm I'm glad we I mean we we waited um, because just more things have come out. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I was relatively busy and kept moving the podcast back. And thanks to Carmen for dealing with my changing schedule. Uh, but I was like, oh, we got more more things to add, more things yeah. to add, and more I mean, bombshells. I mean, I feel like we should start because, of course, all we're going to talk about this pod is. Um, the the queen and Megan and, and Harry and Oprah, but before that, um, do you have any? Maybe a little Piers Morgan, honestly. Yeah, Piers Morgan, I know I have that written on my notes. I have like a, <laughs> I have like three pages of like bullets to to go through. Um, do you have any oh, other non-Megan and Harry note. stories that you need to get off your chest? I do, and I have to I have to tell you about it, and I wanted to start by saying, I am in, in a. a a lot of pain. <laughs> oh no! What did you and fall? No. Okay. Although, did you see the TikTok I sent you where the drunk oh. white girls fall? Well, they... it's true. So this TikTok <laughs> that Carmen sent was probably the most true thing she has ever sent. Which, if you don't know by now, Carmen is absolutely obsessed with TikTok, and every other word out of her mouth is "I saw on TikTok." But it was a picture of like what the fuck are white girls on when they get wasted because they fall, hit their head on the concrete and then they immediately pop back up and pretend and do a cartwheel. <laughs> and I was like, that that's Carmen. That's Carmen. She falls all the time when she's drunk and anything happens. So what, what are you in pain for? Um, I have an infected cuticle. <laughs> Were you chewing and... on your finger? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So it's my own fault. I want to be very clear. It's my own fault. Um, but I have taken more pain medication for my thumb than I have for like the last it does look I don't red. know the last three times it 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 hurts so much so and I like started soaking in Epsom salt or something is that what you're supposed yes, to yes warm water antibacterial soap you can also use Epsom salt four or five times a day um I also have some cream I wrapped it up um, I mixed the Advil and the Tylenol for the swelling and the pain relief. And it is, I, I spent at least 20 minutes this morning. Like if I go to urgent care, they won't, they won't do anything. They won't do anything. Like I have to ride this out, but I, I am making a solemn commitment to all of the pointers out there that I am, I am forever done chewing my nails. It hurts so much. Is this something that usually happens when you chew your nails this I'm is only the second this is only the second time which is why i knew it was happening but i also vowed to stop chewing my nails after the latte oh well that sounds painful your little teeny thumb does look red so I, does it is it like like anything you touch it hurts or is it just like mm -hmm, throbbing it's very is, very painful yes mm. um so which also renders my thumb fairly useless so like flipping like the dog right into the hand, harness right, right hand it is my right it is my right hand so typing is fine but um, your zippers, tricky, tricky with the zipper, <laughs> the clippy on the dog harness. What else have I tried to use this morning? Um, like even, you know, because this is how you hold the coffee mug because I have a travel mug like this right here. Uh, very uncomfortable. Okay. So, what happens if you lose your thumb? I, I don't know. Um, 
and I'm trying to decide, would that be preferable at this point? Because (laughs) it doesn't hurt past the knuckle. (laughs) Don't go into a vera because they might take your thumb off. I mean, God, if they just like took it off at the knuckle, think about like your thumb's already tiny. Think about that little teeny stub. Boop, 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 boop. No hitchhiking for me. Um, I mean, technically it looks like they would only take off like a quarter of an inch of your thumb if they took the top of your thumb off, but. No, it's just so that's that's what's happening right now. Oh, big big week at work. We had a new person yes mm. Monday. Um, we got another new person starting in two weeks. Okay. Um, we have a conference next week that is supposed to be my annual trip to DC, which I have now not gotten to go for two years. Because mm. Isn't it crazy that we practically? I mean, I'm pretty sure. This is almost a one-year anniversary from being home. My work went home right around this time. The March 16th was my first day home. Um, Friday the 13th was our last day in the office. And I think we went home before you went home. You might have, actually. Because I remember talking about it with you and you'd be like, I'm in healthcare and we're in the (laughs) wild, wild west and we have freedom. Um, I'm, I'm pretty certain it was right around this time where we got an email like during the middle of work that basically told everybody to immediately go home get your shit and get out yeah yeah don't come back here so one year later i'm loving it i got a new setup everything about it's great i I, we've talked about this a million times but i'm just continuing to put it out there that i don't (laughs) want to go back so my work our team question on tuesday was what do you miss most about the office and you were not allowed to say coworkers. Um, easy and- okay because that wasn't on my list <laughs> and i was like well that makes it yeah that i didn't have to Oops. pretend um and then what is your what has been your greatest challenge working from home and i went after one of the directors who was like i miss nothing about the office and i was like same same becky same i miss nothing nothing at all. And I was like, the biggest challenge I've had working from home is honestly, I have constant 24 seven access to all of my food and snacks. Oh, so you miss like, normally I would have just a limited amount of snacks at the office, but here I have like so many options. I have access to, I mean, I've frozen pizza. Would you like to eat lunch at 10 in the morning? Sure. Like, so you if we're going to call anything a challenge. That, that I miss is. most about um, is maybe that I don't drive past McDonald's on my way to work in the morning or like coffee. Like, I don't, I mean, love my coworkers. And, but since that isn't an option of things we get to talk about, um, nothing. 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 I missed the I missed the drive to work and listening to the radio and having some like designated nothing time. Commute time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I missed. That's what somebody else said. She's like, I, you know, I really enjoyed the 20 minute bike ride home where I could bike ride home. Fuck that person. They immediately lost all credibility for me. Okay. Oh my God. We I had one person, um, bless, bless their heart. Uh, they were looking forward to getting fully vaccinated so they could join a second gym. I, I can't. And I was I, like, I don't. <laughs> I join extra Chad gyms and somebody just because. Was like, Did they say second gym? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to join extra gyms just because I like to give people more money, but not because I want to go. So that's <laughs> that's that's a level of crazy. Um, Carmen and I really haven't talked since the the airing of the queen because i was 
super concerned <laughs> that we were mm-hmm. I was going to spill and go right down the rabbit hole and I wouldn't have talked. So we haven't even like spoken about what happened on Sunday. And I think we need to start by the fact that you looked fabulous with your hat on. I was trying to spell the word fascinator and I couldn't quite figure out how to spell mm-hmm. it and it didn't work. So I, I don't think I included that work, but like I was so disappointed when I started my Snapchat, I was like, I have my f- fancy hat on. And I was like, why couldn't I think of the word fascinator in time? But I just yes, couldn't I spell had it, bought a so. fascinator several years ago, just, just for that occasion. So it's a great excited. one. I mean, I kind of feel like pearls. you should wear it more frequently. Cause it's I, like a I navy should. blue. The, really? The, mm-hmm. And with, yeah, like the, with the sprigs, the problem was my, uh, curtains my backdrop was navy blue and I don't feel like it really popped um as much as it could have but I because I hate live television but I knew I had to watch this live so I could keep up with the texting because I had several text groups going and it just flew by like I needed the commercials to catch my breath well that was that was the best part about it so it kind of there was a couple other folks that talked about the fact that like we realized why we loved commercials because we were I was like so glued to my television every commercial break that I really did like need it to quickly run and get more corn dip. I needed it to like the tech cause nobody talked during, like was texting during really or responding during the live interview. So when the commercials kicked on, yeah, you had to it really, was like back to, to quick- the good old days where you're like, I quickly need to run to the bathroom. Like somebody's screaming, it's back on TV. <laughs> um, I, I kind of enjoyed the live experience for something like this. Well, and it was, I mean, it was something that we were all watching together um, yes. except for <laughs> my friend Hannah on the West Coast. <laughs> oh, because it was delayed because of the delay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the West Coast was kind of left out, uh, but the rest of us were watching it together. And oh, where do we even start? Do we start well, with the secret wedding? No, do we start- no, we don't, we don't start there. We start with. OK, we start with the fact that, again, I love that it aired in America before it aired in Britain. And I thought yes. that was another like bitch slap. It didn't even like they didn't even try to make it air. I mean, like it was a full like day later that it aired. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, because I guess it technically. And that's only fair because we had to get up at 5 a.m. and totally. watch the wedding. Totally. So this and like, there this. was like newspaper clippings, obviously, like some of the newspaper outlets saw the the clip or, or saw the interview because it obviously aired there at like two o'clock in the morning but I love that we got to see it first and quite frankly I loved I loved what Oprah was wearing can we just start with Oprah so she had all of the purple on which looked amazing love the purple and the backdrop mm-hmm. I love how they had to be like this isn't my house this isn't your house this is a friend's house like, we're not telling you who the friend is <laughs> we're not telling you who the friend is but I kind of want whatever patio they were on. Oh, it looked, stunning. It looked great. Um, I love it. It looked glasses. like they were in a different, like, I understand well, they're in California. We're in the Midwest, but I was like, they're in an entirely different universe than we are. <laughs> well, they live in Oprah land. Everything is better in Oprah land. <sighs> I um, agree. But the thing that I was struck for most, because obviously it started with just Megan and Oprah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I thought Megan what looked so good. I mean, like a natural good, but was like so put together 
and relatable and like her her style of answering the questions and it kind of seemed like even like nothing seemed overly rehearsed or rehearsed at all in my opinion because there was appropriate pauses where you could tell that she was like trying to think of like oh are we gonna say this like how should I say this um and she just seemed she was ready to spill she was ready to spill the tea it um, was it was great and there was a de- there was a drastic difference between how she was doing it than when Harry came out and mm-hmm. Oprah was like I couldn't get this out of Megan so now I'm gonna get out of Harry I do love um, that that she like Megan's like I'm not talking about that or we're not doing there and then Oprah was like well let me try with Harry see if we can get him to spill he um, seemed he seemed I don't know like more nervous totally and like okay well, we're gonna like- do it I feel like he had, whether or not it's true or not, I feel like he had more at stake at this, or at least like- And he's had a lifetime of not talking to the press, right? Yes. And now he's going going against all of those things. Um, I do want to talk briefly about what Megan was wearing. And I, I oh. looked, up, looked it up specifically for the necklace, because I was like, I got to get me one of those. I imagine somebody would have a knockoff on Etsy by the end of the episode. but then this um article from town and country um talks about her dress was a stunning silk armani gown that was chosen specifically because it featured an embroidered lotus blossom which is a flower believed to symbolize rebirth and resilience oh fuck because I thought the black was a little stark against that, like, practically spring yes. background. But apparently that was um, very purposeful. And she wore one of Diana's bracelets because mm-hmm. they wanted Diana to be with them. And then the necklace that I liked so much um, is designer Pippa Small's Colette necklace. And um, she actually had worn it once before in 2008. And mm-hmm. it's on ostentatious style and the fact that the duchess had worn it previously suggested a simplicity and a practicality love it love it so so like one of the first things that i thought was funny was oprah asked i think i think oprah asked very good questions there was only i think i'll get to it later like one question i really wish that she would have asked but like starting off with like how did you not know that this is what was going to happen when you like married into the royal family which i think is a very very fair comment and i mean i also think megan's response was good right like and real well one clearly i didn't do my research (laughs) two like i think we just have a different i don't think we pay attention to the royal family a whole lot unless something crazy is going on like a wedding or right or the baby died or right exactly um but she talked about how like her and harry had just started dating and then they were in the car and found out that his grandmother, the queen, was going to be like meeting, the, like be at the house, right? And Harry was like, do you know how to curtsy? And she was like, when it dawned on her that this was not what she had prepared herself for was when she, I mean, and I think this is true. Like, I understood that you curtsy and do all the pop and circumstance when you are out in public and, and doing the show part of it. But like a little bit taken aback that this is just like what you do every time you see your grandma or that they're, that this is what you do in private. And I think certainly from an American audience standpoint, 
I, I mean, I feel the same way. It's like, that's kind of ridiculous that every time you see your grandma, you have to curtsy. But then the idea of Harry, which is so adorable, trying to teach her how to curtsy in the courtyard and Princess Eugene comes running out to like also help practice how to, to curtsy. I was like, that is adorable. Well, the whole thing, he's like, okay, uh, my grandmother is going to be at brunch. And she's like, great. I love grandmas. And he was like, do you know how to curtsy? <laughs> yeah, she's not, she's not really grandma. I mean, she's grandma, but. But also, yeah, this is a, this is a thing. And I did hear one criticism that did actually make sense to me when, you know, they were talking about her past as an actress and they're like she did not like she did not rehearse this role she did not and then at the same time when she talked about like she's googling the national anthem because she has to learn all of the lyrics and how there was not a new royal orientation yeah and it seems to me that a that would be super easy for someone to put together well again it kind of and seems B, like, like harry could have taught her the national anthem right yeah, I mean, there's a part of it that's like, again, like, learn the rules, right? Like, you have to figure them out. But when you get to a certain point, you would think that the it kind of just seems like you're just setting her up to fail. Right? Yes, and, and I, I, I definitely think that is also true. And that's, I think, my takeaway when the, she was like, obviously, all of these things that you don't, you don't think about. And I'm not saying that it was a, I'm not, I don't necessarily believe that it was like, ooh, let's not teach her the, the, hail to the queen song or something like that but it is interesting especially when you realize where you're going when this is progressing their relationship is progressing and clearly they're going to get married or all those things you would think that there would be a sit down like okay here's here's how we cross our legs here's how we i mean if they're going to be so strict about everything then there at least should be some training but maybe that's why they don't like you know black girls as (laughs) as this is um, they don't want them in there. So I don't know. So once, once we got away from that, of course, the other big news was that which Kate made her cry. Oh yeah. That was a good one. But I, I, all of the tabloids said that Megan had made Kate cry and she was like, it was just the opposite. And why would that come up? And I'm not going to tell you what happened, but she what made I, me cry. <laughs> I love that she was like, that wasn't the truth. And then Oprah was like, mm, but like, is it possible that she cried about something? And right. Megan was like, the reverse, the reverse, reverse actually happened. And then Oprah was like, oh, so what happened? And then she's like, Fucking Kate made me cry, okay? And Kate, like, had to send me flowers and apologize, and we've moved past it, and... Yes, and I've accepted her apology. I know. I was like, ooh. Let's be honest. I don't think Kate seems like an incredibly nice person. No. Um, And maybe that's my own bias, because now I am anti... Fully team Megan. Yeah. So that, that was a good... First step. And I think it was interesting, right? That again, she talked about how, like, why didn't the palace step in and like, not even say that Kate did it or whatever, but just like to release a statement that was like, this is not true. And just, I mean, I think that's all she was asking for. She wasn't asking for Kate to be thrown under the bus, but she just wanted the stories to stop. Like, can't you just step in and make the story stop? And they refuse to do that i also thought speaking of the continual stories that were happening 
when she was like, I want to go outside and like, I want to go somewhere where meet my friends or do something. Yeah. I wanted to go to lunch with my friends. And like, no, you're oversaturated and you're everywhere right now. You you're cannot. everywhere right now. And she was like, what do you mean? I haven't left the house in like four months. And I thought that was an interesting situation because I, I mean, obviously we don't see the daily press or something like that, but it didn't seem like there was like a lot of live action shots like that. Megan was out causing havoc or their, their snapshot. It was just like headlines, but there was no like action behind them. So it does make me wonder if she's been locked in the house for four months and hasn't left, how the hell are their stories? What do you, I mean, what right. are we talking who's, about? Who's feeding them the stories? The, the firm and the institution, mm-hmm. which I thought it was very interesting mm-hmm. that they continue to re- refer to the monarchy as the as the firm and the institution, um, because I think what we learned and Harry talked about it later was that the queen really doesn't get to be in control of the monarchy either. She doesn't get it. I mean, Oprah was like, but she's the fucking queen. What do you mean? And they're like, mm, nope, they have bad advisors. And if you've watched the crown and I'm not saying that the crown is 100 percent true, but Harry did say with James Corden that it is more true than what you see in the newspapers. Um, mm-hmm. that there was always staff like pulling the the puppet strings, which makes sense in American politics. Staff are usually just as powerful right. as the principal. So, um, so clearly the staff is not having it. Well, there was just like when the queen invited them up to see her and in Nottingham. And then when he got to Frogmore, they were like, no, don't come. The queen is busy. And then he like calls grandma and she's like, oh, yes, I'm sorry. There was something on my diary and then you cannot. I'm busy. And then he's like, what about later in the week? And she's like, oh, my diaries are full. Busy all week. Liz. Heartbreaking. Also, because you knew that they weren't going to like sit there and play backhammon for like four hours together. You know, it was going to be like a 10 minute conversation. Yeah. And. She Mm-mm. didn't get to see. I, no. I we're clearly not going in order. Well, nope. You can you can you can take control. Put me in order. Well, no. I I was just gonna I was gonna keep going off from um that. So do we do we talk about the racism next? Do sure. we talk? Let's get there. Let's just get there because that's where all the goods are. Um, beyond obviously, Megan or Oprah asked Megan a little bit about her her father and Mm, that mm -hmm. situation which is unfortunate and her sister and i I loved how she was like well i haven't seen my sister in like 18 years and before that probably another 10 years before that and it's interesting that she changed her name back to markle as soon as i started dating harry so i think that's all we need to say there and i was like fuck (laughs) well and that that didn't air sunday right that aired on the news the next morning no, well, I mean, maybe it's all it's all blurred together. But that was together. something new that I learned like the next day. Yes, that her half sister um, changed her name to Markle after she started dating Harry to write this tell all book. book. And and Megan was like, it's just ludicrous because, you know, it was I, right up there. I haven't spoken when to her. Oprah Sorry. was going through like various headlines. And this was when Harry was there. And. She was like, wow, they can really make Meg into anything. And I was like, 
that's funny. That's really funny. Oh yeah, Megxit. Megxit. Yeah. Some bunch of stuff. What 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 do you want to discuss next? Well, that was the um that someone had pulled Harry aside and they, you know, when they were talking about not having titles, not having security, like what was this gonna be? How were they going to participate in the family and then also how dark was archie's skin going to be because uh megan is when it sounded like that comment and that conversation came before they announced or were even having discussions of like stepping away from the monarchy this seemed yeah. like it was something that was it was early you... on well she was still pregnant yeah during pregnant the pregnancy and suicidal jesus well and let's go back to there for a second the suicidal stuff is just so sad and so sad I think it's it's a whole nother level when you see in the press you hear or you feel like all like nothing you can do is right and you are just making the situation worse, right? And you know, she talked about like it would just be easier, all of us would go away if I just wasn't here. And uh, you know, that she tried to get help and that the firm was like, can't go, can't go to a hospital because that's bad press for us, can't do that. And it's interesting because both William and Harry have made such a point well before Megan to talk about mental health, mm -hmm. to talk about PTSD with the military, to talk about going to therapy after their mom's death. And so again, talk about a bunch of failed opportunities for the monarchy to leverage the situation for the positive, but then to, you know, hear that she was denied getting help is, is heartbreaking. And then, you know, Harry's, talk about well like he didn't know what to do like i don't know what to do and then he's embarrassed right as well about the situation and talking about wanting to you know oprah or she, megan brought up the fact about that the picture of her going to that they, they went to some event oh, or some musical or yeah. play and they were sitting in the box and harry's like i don't think you should go right you shouldn't go to this and she was like I can't trust myself here for what I might do. So I like, I, you have to take me with you because I can't be alone. And then she got teary eyed. And then oh, I thought Oprah was going to cry for a second. I and I was teary eyed and was like, Oh God. And then to see where she was like, when I see that picture, I see this like barely holding on. And I witnessed like Harry, like white knuckling my hand the entire time. It's like, that is so sad. And such an impressive, like, Cause you wouldn't, you can't tell in those shots. Like she looked stunning. Well, and they talk about that, right? Like that you have to, right, that you have no, it's you your job. No you have to choice. turn it on. Yes. It is yep. your job and you have to show up. So then of course the, the race comment um, was mentioned that they discussed, you know, basically what color would the baby look like when it came out. And I mean, obviously Oprah gasped and in, in subsequent interviews that Oprah did with CBS Sunday morning or CBS this morning on Monday, she, you know, Oprah was asked, were you surprised by that comment? And Oprah paused, which I thought was really telling and basically said, no, I, I, I wasn't surprised that that conversation happened. What I was surprised by in my reaction is that was, they told her is that they told her and they were going there. And Oprah said in her head, she was like, oh we're we're going there we're we're going here and it, quite a few other folks that i've seen in subsequent you know obviously there has been some interviews on the streets and other journalists within britain when they asked the question are you surprised by the racism in in the monarchy in that conversation 
all of them are like, well, of course not. Like, totally expect this. I guess that it's just was said out loud is fascinating. And Harry and Megan did, you know, make a point and, and Oprah cleared this up on Monday to say that that conversation did not come from the queen or Prince Philip. Um, and I think we all know that that conversation came from his father, Prince yeah. Charles, For that sure. fuck face. I am anti Prince Charles. I think he's going to bring the monarchy down. I have a whole, I don't want to deviate because I have like 16 <laughs> bullet points about why Charles is, he's the villain in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I mean, and I then feel like when he was uh, like, he stopped taking my calls and basically cut him off from the family. Oh. And he, Harry and Megan both went out of their way to, and I don't even think went out of their way. I think it was genuine to respect the queen respect his grandmother to talk about how many conversations that they have had, that they still have a, a, a relationship and talk. And I think when you see the statements that have been released by the parents, I do feel like the queen speaks fondly of her grandson. Like it seems obviously there's some tension there, but she's not like trash. I mean, it's very warm language, but the fact that, you know, Harry and both Megan went out of their way to try and not, dog on William and Kate and and talk about that he loves his brother and they're just a little bit of space right now and hopefully things will get better but then that he said that he was hurt by his dad and they were cut off financially and that his dad made him like put all this stuff in writing and then other things happened and he's not taking his phone calls and Harry again said that I'm gonna try and work on my relationship with my dad um we all know that he is the evil, evil, evil person. Yeah. I just, but also like, so go ahead. ahead. Well, one of the things I wanted to point out, um, so that they, you know, they cut him off financially. They took away their security. They're, they're no, they stripped him of their titles. Um, but Prince Andrew, he's just wandering around touching 14 year olds with his own money being a pedophile and nobody's having a conversation with him. He's still full-time Royal. Royal. Well, there was lots, there's been lots of talk that the reality of why they keep this Megan and Harry saga going on is to take pressure and heat off Mm -hmm. of the Andrew situation that the, (laughs) the, that the firm can clearly go out and kill those stories and try and end them and change the, the conversation and the subject matter but they are not willing to do that for Harry and Megan. Um, and one person is a pedophile and basically admitted it in a TV interview. And yeah, like you said, he's still living the, the, the Prince dream. Um, and they both kind of brought that up, right? That the, 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 the crown is willing to lie for other people and willing and why are those stories being told and they're not willing to do that for them so oh exactly well and then when you look at you know suspiciously uh there was what last last week a week before the interview suddenly there's an investigation into whether megan bullied her staff (laughs) well and then they said that that this came up two years ago and then now they're just gonna look into it right yeah it's a 2008 complaint that 18, Megan was bullying, sorry, 2018. I literally was looking at it when I said the words. Um, and the palace released a statement and it said, 
the royal household, blah, 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 um, will not tolerate bullying or harassment in the workplace. So that was a week ago. Then was it yesterday? The statement put out their the palace put out their statement about the Harry and Meghan interview. It is 60 words. Um, it called them much loved family members. And then the issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. They did not denounce racism. They did not say we will not tolerate no, they racism. No, they'll handle it as a family matter. And I was like, fuck off. Oh my God. Like they're just like bullying. Bad Megan made all the, the, the interns cry. But I mean, and it's just when you can't put the, the things queen is, back to back like that. It is, I can't imagine the queen is super nice and generous to her staff. I'm just going to throw that out there. I love her. I don't think she has to. She's like 900 years old and she's the motherfucking queen. But she makes poor staff members like break in her tennis shoes for or her heels for her. So I don't <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Megan's the only one that is mean to a staff member. Like, okay. Um, I don't, it's the race issue is again, and they brought it up. Like, again, what a missed opportunity since 60 to 70% of all the Commonwealth and the people underneath um, the monarchy are, are, are people of different ethnicities. And what a right. missed opportunity once again to, to make it. And, you know, they talk a lot about, which I thought was really interesting. They talked a lot about, you know, a similar situation with his mom and the tour in Australia and brought that up with their tour in Australia. And when, you know, Megan is just kind of a natural of this and the way that both her Harry and her were able to, you know, are really able to connect and are definitely way more fun than William and Kate or, or Prince Charles. Well, but Harry's always been more fun than William. Yes. Yes. And they do have a track record of not wanting people to outshine whoever is supposed to be like, yes, the, yes. the king, the, the queen. Heir. Yeah. How dare you become more popular than the next heir? And I mean, I'm not saying that that's what's going on, but Oprah is Oprah is right. saying that <laughs> we don't have to. It's already been said. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it was fascinating to me. There was obviously lots of parallels that were brought up to princess die and, and Harry went out of his way too, to say, you know, cause Oprah asked, what, what do you think your mom would say? And he's like, well, I think she'd be angry. Um, but he also brought it back to his dad. Like, this is part of the hurt. Like he understands this pain. He understands what happens when this does not get corrected. What happens to people? Um, because it happened to them. And clearly, I don't think Prince Charles cared that Diana died. I don't think that Princess Charles Was cared murdered. that he made her life a living hell. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, he wouldn't have been sleeping with 15, you know, with Camilla. It wasn't 15 other people, but there was a few other people. Um, you know, he, I think, has always been incredibly selfish and only concerned about himself and how he looks and how dare, you know, any of his siblings outshadow him as well there was you know there's been lots written about princess anne and charles relationship and you know her getting put in her princess anne getting put in her place and not overshadowing charles um so he's just a a horrible person and i think that he is not going to be a very beloved king in general if he ever does get if he ever yeah um 
I don't know. He just seems so miserable. Um, but I, I guess, I guess that's what they got. I guess that's what they got over there for the monarchy. Racists, selfish, pedophiles, pedophiles. And yeah, it kind of awkward. is, is said there was talk about, you know, that the queen herself has been basically pretty straight laced, no major controversies with her. Not saying she hasn't made missteps, but you know, she hasn't done anything. And then her family is just like a complete shit show. Like nobody can get their shit together um, and, and, and figure it out. So this really is what her, in her waning days of her legacy, this is what it's going to be about. Yeah. And they yeah. can't get this shit figured out. Super, super interesting having the foreign correspondents on CBS in the morning talking about like, this has rocked the monarchy and how um, they are circling the wagons, how they're trying to like, how are they going to deal with this? Um, what are they going to say? Talking a lot about the makeup of the Commonwealth and yeah, they really had an opportunity Um to take a, a brighter, better stand on it. And then also to, I don't know, like they never apologized to Harry and Megan, you know, they're well, because I suppose they don't want to do any, admit any wrongdoing, but they talked about in the interview, right? The, the conversation, did you blindside the queen about all of your Harry and Megan? Did you blindside the queen? And Clearly, these conversations had went on for like years plus of these conversations of trying to correct the issue, what potentially their role could look like. They talked about the fact that there's tons of, of other royals that are not senior royals that still live like on yeah. pal- palace grounds, are still paid for, still can like step into roles um, when needed, but are not like senior royals. And that's how they wanted. But clearly, they weren't able to do that, a- aka like Princess Eugene, all of the queens younger children, Andrew, um, what's the little teeny Edward? Um, like that, that's what they said that they wanted to do and potentially to live in Canada, which is a Commonwealth. And that of course was shot down. I think the palace and particularly at this point, it seems like it is the queen, it is Prince Charles and it is Prince William that are together making these, making these decisions. And there's been other things that, that the queen has, really kind of stepped back and allowed will or allowed Charles to make some of these larger firm related decisions to like, let him shape the monarchy how he wants as she ages. And so Harry's direct family are the ones that are fucking with him. And for sure, you know, so they talked about all the conversations and blindsiding the queen that Harry has had with his grandmother. It, It got brought up again in on Monday's interview the what the queen said about the conversation you know after they announced that harry and megan were stepping back the queen in her own personal statement said that they had been discussing and had conversations for months and so this narrative that harry has blindsided her i mean even the palace's statement says that she was not blindsided so that's bullshit um and i think the the, the palace is living in yesterday. There is no longer an opportunity. And I get that they are old school. They're like a whole century behind the rest of us, but we are now in a media environment where you don't get five days to craft a statement. Your silence is an admission of guilt. And there, there is no reason that you needed three days to come up with a 60 word statement that said, Ooh, this is bad. We're going to deal with this as a family. 
No, you, you sat on that for three days and had talks. I mean, that's what those Royal correspondents said that they were doing crisis management and having these conversations about what to do in the palace. You don't get three days to do that in today's world. So, well, right. I mean, were they message testing? That's the only thing I can come up with because they could have had that statement written ahead of time. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just mind blowing. And you, you've seen like on the streets of Britain that the reaction between, you know, and what the future of the monarchy is very, very split in, in, a, in a generational line, right? The older generation, really 50 plus is like all on board with the queen and like, you just don't fuck with the monarchy, but all of the young kids, they ain't having it. They no, ain't having it. And I want to bring up the hero I did not see coming. The, Chris Morgan? The, no, Tyler oh. Perry. Oh, isn't that fascinating? That was so interesting. So when Harry and Meghan, they, their security was revoked right before COVID, right at the beginning of COVID. And they're like, okay, literally everyone knows where we are right now and we have no security. What do we do? We need to Tyler leave. Perry to the rescue offered them his home or one of his homes and his own. Yeah. His own, his own security staff, all of those people were there um, to take care of them when their own family shut them out. It was just, again, good friends. They have good friends around them. Well, everyone, Carmen's microphone and her Zoom has freezed <laughs> and she has been uh, unable to talk. It's been, a, it's been an interesting technology morning. So I'm just going to continue here briefly as we, as we wrap this up. Um, I had this conversation with my mom about the reality uh, of the people that Harry and Meghan are surrounding themselves with as we, as you know, they've been called star whores and all of that stuff, just trying to seek the publicity. Um, they have surrounded themselves again, as Carmen brought up with Tyler Perry, with people that are really respected uh, across the globe and within the industry. They are not, you know, hanging out with basketball players and football and popular football stars or, um, May, uh, or or music people, right? We're we're talking about they're hanging out with Serena Williams, Oprah, the the Obamas, Tyler Perry, um, leaders of tech corporations, I mean, at least people that are held in, in high regard and moral standing. So it does it doesn't seem like they're none of these those folks would hang out with people that ha had shitty personalities or were bad people. And I think that's kind of a good testament of their character as they're being assaulted. Um, one of the people that are assaulting them, of course, is Pierce Morgan in Britain, who I hated him when he took over for Larry King on CNN. He's he's always just been a, a brunt ass. He reminds me a lot of Trump, which they are um, close personal friends. Um, Pierce Morgan, of course, continued to go on tirades against Megan. And um, when one of his co-anchors co called him out for it, he walked off the stage and has sent since, um, you know, he has decided to leave the show. I'm, I'm willing to bet he might have been fired after all the comments. So. I think it's going to be really interesting to continue to see the fallout that happens here uh, with the monarchy, whether or not it continues. There's been for, for decades conversations about whether or not the monarchy even needs to exist anymore or if it needs to have an active role. Um, and I don't think there has been a, a an interview like this uh, across the globe probably since where everybody stopped and kind of watched um, – Maybe since the last Diana interview with Martin Bashir, the it brings up like the Frost Nixon interviews. This is one of those interviews that I think 
people are going to continue to talk about and is something that we all kind of paused and watched or at least picked up the coverage and thought, well, maybe I need to go check it out because everybody's talking about it. But it's going to be really interesting to see um, long-term what, what the monarchy looks like, how they recover, what Meghan and Harry's role continues to be across the, the globe. I think that they are going to be a force. Um, they have a wide platform. So I think we all better buckle our seatbelts because it's going to get rocky. And once again, cheers to the Americans for spilling the tea. Oof, the crown really has got to love some Americans. So we'll talk later with a normal episode. Um, I'm here shortly. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Cheers.